Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, October 16th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The UK government is proposing to send British prisoners to jails in Europe. ExxonMobil's purchase of Pioneer could reshape the US shale oil industry, and Israel is stepping up its offensive in Gaza. The Israeli defense minister has said this will be a fierce war, a deadly war, a precise war, and it will be war that changes the situation permanently. I'm Sonia Hudson, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. preparing to launch a major ground invasion of Gaza in response to Hamas's surprise attack last Saturday. Here to talk to me about the situation is the FT's defense and security correspondent, John Paul Rathbone. Hey, JP. Hi. So walk us through what's been happening in and around Gaza in the last few days. Simply put, the Israeli Air Force has launched a series of heavy and intense bombing strikes. The ground forces have been gathering with some hardware on the borders of Gaza. There's a siege on Gaza as well. And uh, the Israeli government and and army has warned uh, the inhabitants of Gaza in the north to move to the south. So the offensive, when if it does come, will proceed from north to south. And what is the Israeli military hoping to accomplish with this invasion? Like, what's the end goal here? The political instructions are to root out uh, Hamas and extirpate it from Gaza. And those are the orders explicitly to the Israeli army. And the Israeli defense minister has said this will be a fierce war, a deadly war, a precise war, and it will be war that changes the situation permanently. The question is how and if it's possible. And even if the military is able to uh, root out a lot of Hamas and eliminate its leaders, what happens the next day? Hamas is so deeply embedded in Gaza, it also runs the Strip. So people are are wondering very strongly what happens the day after. When was the last time the Israeli military entered Gaza in any significant way? There have been a number of clashes since Hamas took over Gaza in 2007. In 2008, Israel launched a ground operation called Operation Cast Lead. Uh, It took 22 days. In 2014, there was another conflict called Protective Edge. That was the last time Israeli ground forces went into Gaza. And one of the reasons why the Israeli forces stood back was because of this 3D aspect to Gaza. It's not only X and Y axis, backwards and forwards and left and right. There's also an underground, a deep network of tunnels that the Israeli uh, forces have called the Metro. And Gaza has also got quite a lot of tall buildings. It's got approximately 60 buildings that are six floors or larger. So it's a very complicated battle environment indeed. Yeah, it sounds really risky for the Israeli army. What about risks for Gaza's civilians? What are they up against as it looks like this ground invasion is about to get underway? Well, Gaza's a small place, relatively small. In that, there are two million, over two million people. They are kind of embedded inside Hamas and vice versa. So where civilian ends off and military begins is very fuzzy. So they'll be exposed to to Israeli fire. 
in Gaza so far, two, almost 2,500 have died. So it could get a lot worse and a lot more bloody. And JP, while this is all happening, is there any place for people in Gaza to go in order to stay safe and get access to basic supplies? That's an open question at the moment. Egypt, which has a border with Gaza in the south, there is a a checkpoint which is sort of open, but it's very clogged and it's not clear how much is getting through. And Egypt has said it doesn't want to permanently receive displaced Palestinians. So it looks as though there's no obvious place for them to go other than somewhere else inside Gaza at the moment. That was John Paul Rathbone, the FT's defense and security correspondent. Thanks, JP. Thank you. British nationals that are sentenced to jail in England and Wales could be transferred to European prisons. That's the proposal laid out in controversial legislation that's expected to be announced today. It's being spearheaded by Justice Secretary Alex Chalk in an attempt to tackle the chronic shortage of space in jails. He's expected to justify the move by pointing to the fact that Belgium and Norway have both housed prisoners in the Netherlands. Government insiders told the FT that preliminary talks were being held with Estonia about housing the prisoners. Labor's Shabana Mahmood, who's the shadow justice secretary, slammed the idea. She said it was a, quote, symbol of the way in which the Tories have run our criminal justice system into the ground. A wave of consolidation could be coming to the U.S. shale oil industry. Last week, ExxonMobil agreed to buy Pioneer Natural Resources for nearly $60 billion, which is just a huge amount. Analysts are expecting this to be the first of many major acquisitions by the biggest U.S. oil companies. I'm joined now by the FT's Houston correspondent, Miles McCormick. He covers the energy sector. Hey, Miles. Hey, Sonia, how are you? Doing well, thanks. So analysts view this as a big step in consolidating the shale oil industry in the U.S. Why is that? So we've been seeing a bit of consolidation in the U.S. oil patch for a while now. And it's being driven primarily by the fact that the good acreage for drilling, the kind of prime spots are increasingly running dry because companies are spending less and less on exploration. So that has kind of left companies with very few options when it comes to expanding. And one of the few avenues that's open to them is uh, just going out and buying up another company that does still have good acreage. But we haven't seen anything of this scale yet. I mean, it's the biggest deal we've seen in uh, upstream US oil and gas in decades. So... In the view of a lot of analysts, this now kind of opens the floodgates potentially to other companies looking to come in and do deals of this kind of size. What would further consolidation actually look like? Well, when the shale revolution kicked off about 15 years ago, you had a load of these kind of smaller companies buying up uh, drilling rights, and starting to drill left, right, and center. So it was a very fragmented industry with hundreds of different operators drilling in basins from North Dakota to Texas. And that has slowly started to consolidate. And as the wave kind of picks up in the wake of this mega deal, 
we're probably going to see U.S oil production fall into the hands of a smaller number of big operators. So your Exxons and your Chevrons um, and other super majors or very large independent players. So it'll be a totally different landscape from what we might have seen 15, 20 years ago. So Miles, what do these moves within the U.S. shale oil industry mean for the transition to cleaner energy? Yeah, well, the U.S. super majors have been more reluctant to go down the renewables route than uh, some of their, their European rivals. And Exxon in particular has long had quite a bullish view about the future of oil demand. It thinks that the death of oil is greatly overstated. And I mean, that contrasts with conventional wisdom in a lot of ways. The, the International Energy Agency came out recently and said that it reckons fossil fuel demand will peak this decade and then start to decline. But in going in and paying $60 billion, massive amount of money for Pioneer, Exxon is very much putting its eggs in the oil basket and saying that demand for oil is going to be around for a long time and they're going to be the ones to supply it. Miles McCormick is the FT's Houston correspondent. He covers the energy sector. Thanks, Miles. Thanks, Anya. Before we go, the FT is having a sale for briefing listeners. You can go to ft.com slash briefing sale to get half off a standard digital subscription. Again, that's ft.com slash briefing sale. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.